Welcome to Marriage Coach 444 No BS with Francis Paco. Over the next hour, you're going to learn what it really takes to work towards dumping average and gutting the amazing marriage and life you dream of. No eggshells being walked on here. This is as authentic as it gets. Now, here is Francis. Hi, this is Francis Paca, Marriage Coach 444 No BS. And I'm really excited today to start my first podcast. Um, and I really feel passionate about what I do. And uh, I really believe I can help many people listening. And I know I'm lucky enough to be able to have clients to help every day. Um, you know, especially with coaching and, and even more so with relationships. You know, I know there's a ton of books out there, theories, programs, approaches. Uh, and I understand, you know, on therapy, I mean, you name it, I know it's out there. And, um, and I understand what works for one person may not work for another. And I, and I fully respect that. I really do. Um, and I, but I believe this is an art and not a science. I don't think there's one fits all. Um, but I do believe the principles that I have learned throughout my entire life make all the difference in the world. Um, they certainly have for me, and I know they have for many people. Um, but at the same time, you know, what's right for one is not right for another. But I, I will tell you, I... I, I can't be more passionate and uh, emphatic about what I've learned in my life and what I think really matters uh, and, and really what it takes to have the real marriage of your dreams. I think many times we think a great marriage is a decent marriage, and I think we accept that. You know, it's like, oh, my, my, my husband's downstairs watching a game. I'll see him in six hours. Um, but that's okay. No problem. Or uh, my wife's out. I don't know. She's with the friends, uh, you know, for three days. Well, maybe once in a while. But, you know, this is kind of norm. But that's okay. We'll see each other on Sunday. You know, I, I think that there's a lot out there where we've, we've learned to accept mediocrity. Um, and, and I think, you know, I don't think too many people when they got married came in with the idea that um, it was going to be okay. Pretty good. I don't think that that's really what people were thinking. I think people dream of what a marriage would be like to meet the right person, the, their soulmate, their, the, the person of their dreams, and they expected that it would last, right? But then you hear people say, oh, we've been married 20 years. Well, you know, of course it's going to be like that. You know, it's, it's, it's almost an expectation that mediocrity is in the card, so enjoy it while it lasts. And, and I think that's complete BS. I don't believe that's what's, what's really uh, needed. I don't think that's really what uh, has to be. And, um, and, and I, I say that sincerely. And I think if you're you know, willing to listen to me and you're willing to maybe potentially uh, try the things that we're going to talk about, and I certainly do. We can do this together. I think you'll see that uh, you're going to see the changes that a lot of my clients make and a lot of my people that I, 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 I know and respect throughout my life that I've talked to well before I even gotten into this business. Uh, my wife and I own a company together called A Growing Space. You can see us on, uh, or reach us on www.agrowingspace.com. You can always reach out to us at 623-202-4553. Learn more about us. Um, always willing to talk to people, but I, 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 this is a mission to me. It's something I know my whole entire life I wanted to do, and uh, I am blessed to be able to do what, I, what I, I am passionate about, and I'm lucky enough to be sharing it with my soulmate, my wife. Today, in the first session, will be a little different than the norm. We're going to talk in the future sessions about a lot of the principles that I believe, if you want to follow along, as to what I believe will make the marriage of your dreams. And, and, I, and I truly believe that. But I do want to share with you today a lot, a, just this first session about myself. Now, I'll talk here and there about myself, but you know, so you know who you're talking to. But today, I really want to share um, who I am and who you're listening to and why this is so important to me and why I think this is, this is exciting and, 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 and really different, at least in my mind. It's different and it's not different, and I'll explain that later. But, um, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little bit about me, and, uh, and you can kind of take it from there. I grew up in Philadelphia, absolutely love Philadelphia. Uh, I've learned so much from Philadelphia. It learned to make me strong and tough and, and resilient, um, always want to become stronger and tougher and more, more resilient, but Philadelphia helped me in so many ways. They are passionate 
people. Um, yeah, they're tough. Um, but I think a lot of them are really good, are tough in a good way. And so I, I am lucky enough to, to have started my life in Philadelphia. I now live in Arizona with my family. Um, very happy here as well as a great place to live. And so I, I, uh, I've been fortunate enough to live on two sides of the country and get a flavor for a lot uh, in my life. I grew up, I'm going to start a little bit about myself. I grew up with uh, two different types of parents, um, both great parents in, the, in their own way, for sure, but very different. And it, and it created a person in me that I, I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know how to say it, but I, I'm, I feel a little different than a lot of people. And that's not saying I'm better, I'm worse, just different. Um, in some ways, I'm proud of it. And in and, and others, I'm sure I can get better. But in, in the end of the day, I'm lucky enough to have, have learned so much from two opposites, um, I grew up on my father's side from an Italian family, um, and they said every single thing they felt. I mean, you name it, they're saying it. There's no, th- th- you, you never ever would be shy about sharing your feelings. Never would happen. Um, they're going to tell you what they think. It could be as embarrassing as can be, and they look at you like, of course. You, of course, what's the big deal? Um, hey, mom, this is, or dad, this is going on. Okay, great. I've seen that before. And uh, so it really, it really helped shape me at a, at a young age to just say whatever I felt. Um, that was the mindset. My, my, my dad was just like, hey, you know, son, blah, blah, blah. You just say that. Hey, you're a little paranoid today. Okay. <laughs> you know, why are you living paranoid? You kid with me. But it, it was, everything was just open. Or, hey, you know, this, that, that. You know, it was just always a family of nonstop communication. I mean, they don't, they just talk, 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 talk. And luckily for me, it was meaningful talk. Um, you know, your feelings, um, if you're angry, you're angry. I mean, you're in high anger. There was no, you're angry, hold it in. I mean, you're angry, you say it. Now, I'm not saying, be, you know, do anything, you know, inappropriate. I mean, of course, I'm sure they weren't always calm. I mean, obviously, they, you know, they may have arguments and, and, and things of that nature. But it was an expressive family. And, uh, and I appreciated it because it enabled me at a young age to articulate my feelings and dive into them and be curious about them and why is that person doing this and why that person do that and what's why it's just not on nonstop and um and there was never a shortage of dialogue in my family from my from my father's side and he was a wonderful man always trying to give give and give uh never really cared that much about his own what he liked his hobbies or interests it was always he was always thrilled if my mom was happy or if I was happy, you know, and I remember being a kid and, you know, back when Atari was a big deal and my dad stayed up till four o'clock in the morning in the freezing cold to wait for a truck to come in with boxes to get my Atari tape. I mean, that's just the kind of guy he was. And I, and I'm blessed to have had a father like that. He passed away in the year 2000 and, um, when I was 27 years old. And so I feel, I feel blessed to have had my father and give me all of that. He also taught me some things that uh, I can say maybe gave me some limits. Um, he was very much, you know, into the real world. You can't do that. or Not that you can't do that in the real world, but the real world's tough. You better do this or, you know, the real world will, will, will eat you up and, and spit you out. I learned that. And um, to, one, to some degree, it's made me very aware of people, great people people that aren't so great uh, and be, a, you know, to really pay attention. But I think on some level, it probably limited me in my early days, certainly not now, but in my early days that, hey, if you do this, you know, be careful. Um, so that was, they were a little protective in that nature. Um, my mom, completely different. She's German side and not, I mean, she was expressive with me without question, um, but in general, a little more reserved, um, but so kind, so generous nonstop lessons, always teaching me lessons about life and never would tell me, you know, don't do drugs. Okay. Don't do this. Don't do that. It was always, it was always a backstory as to why, why, why? Oh yeah. Well, see the, see those people over there. Oh yeah. Why, why, why do they go to jail? Well, you know, they, you know, they got themselves into drugs. They hung out with the wrong people. Uh, you know, she'd always have a story, you know, and I, and I'd be a little kid eating my little Cheerios or so. And, uh, and she'd always have a little story for me. Hey, why, what happened to them? Well, if you hang around the curb too much, son, you'll, you'll get splashed. And I'd say, well, what's that mean, Mom? And she'd explain that, hey, if you hang around with the wrong people, <laughs> eventually, you know, that can, 
that can bleed onto you. And so th- this was this was the life I lived. Um, but my mom was just nothing but kind, loving, nurturing, um, and she also taught me to be myself. My mom loved the, the color purple. And so she was going to have her purple rug. She was going to have her house the way she wanted it. Be yourself. And I would say at a young age, because we're all insecure, right, as we grow up and and we're learning life. And she'd say, do what you like. Don't worry about other people. Okay, you don't need to worry what other people want or tell you to do. You'll never be happy that way in life. You have to go out there and be you. And I am blessed to have had her. Um, My mom was all about kindness, love. You know, be kind to animals, kind to people, Um, you know, not really an aggressive woman anyway. My dad was the tough communicator. And so I learned literally two ways of living life. One is be tough in this world and express everything you feel and and be a good person. One hundred percent. Do the right thing. But 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 be strong and and don't take any shit from anybody. And, uh, you know, and, and don't start fights, but you certainly don't let yourself get you know, taken down. And then my mom's side was much more passive and loving and caring. And, and, and so I've been blessed to have two parents that have really shaped me in my life. Um, you know, on a, on a downside, my father was an alcoholic. And so, you know, any of the issues I ever had growing up with insecurity, um, I, I did allow myself to get bullied at a young age, regardless of my dad's philosophy, because when you're with a, when you have a father, no matter how kind and good of a person he was and is in spirit, um, the reality is he was an alcoholic. And you never know. And my dad, no matter how great of a person he was, if he was drunk on a Saturday night, and that's what he was, an al- a weekend alcoholic, you could expect to get drunk probably three times a month, but those three times weren't fun. He turned into a different person. That kind, wonderful person um, turned into a mean person and uh, caused a lot of damage in the house, and it wasn't easy. And um, so I learned at a very young age to pay attention to people. You know, what are they doing? What are they saying? What do they really mean? What are their mannerisms? I mean, I, I learned to be extreme in paying attention to the people that I uh, care about and, and just everyone pretty much in general. And um, so it was tough uh, growing up, um, but I, I grew up shy. I grew up super, super, super shy. Um, I had I had friends, but the friends that I had had to be the important friends. Um, I had plenty of friends. We'd play baseball, basketball, everything outside. But it was important to me to have you know one, two friends that were the friends, the real friends. Um, and the rest, of course, we'd all go out and play and have a good time. But um, I was always the type of person that believed in putting more energy into less people. And I believe that's one of the principles we'll talk about in uh, our marriage coaching to what I believe makes a marriage work. You know, we like to spread everything out thin anymore as to why, um, you know, you need to be well-rounded and balanced all the time. Sure, balance in, in, in many ways is, is very, very important. I would 100% agree with that. Um, but if you want something, you want to be great, you need to put a lot of energy into, into the things that are important to you, okay? If you, if you have 50 things that are important to you in life, um, I, I wouldn't expect you to be a superstar in anything, right? But, you know, you'll be well-rounded. That's fine. Um, I believe that if you want the dream, you have to know what matters and you have to put your energy into it. So I, I learned that at a very young age or it was embedded in me. Um, but I was, I was, I was bullied, I was bullied as a, in high school, and it was at levels that I don't even, I, I can't, it's unbelievable. I mean, it was literally every single day of my life in high school, every, I'll be nice, effing day, I was bullied. And, um, you know, there, I, well, actually, I take that back. I was bullied every day, except the one of the individuals that always did it, uh, started it, um, he, he was sick a lot. So maybe 10, 15 days a year. Um, I, I didn't get bullied. The other, the other remaining days, it was. It was like that for two years. And um, that was tough on me. It uh, was very difficult to go to school in, in an extreme level of stress. I was raised to be a good person, to do the right thing. And I went to a school that was pretty tough. Uh, a lot of things going on there that I would never even imagine. Um, I'm not even saying the school wasn't good. I just know that I got in with a with a group of people that it was uh, it was tough. It was tough to to um, to be bullied every day. And you know, I'm sure you know they all grew up, became good people. Um, I mean, who, who, um, no reason to believe otherwise. But you know, at that stage, uh, it was a, it was a tough a, a tough going for me. 
Um, and so, you know, we're going to take a, uh, a quick break. And I want to talk a little bit about how I overcame uh, my insecurities as a child. I think many people in this in this country, in this world, um, have insecurities. I believe we all have them to this minute. No matter how empowered we think we are, we all have insecurities. You know, we pretend we don't, but we do. Um, and a lot of this stems from when you're young. And I know that the alcoholism didn't certainly help me. And I also know that um, being bullied for two years straight at the level I was bullied was hard. It was difficult. And uh, I was lucky enough to figure out a way out and, and change my life at a relatively young age. I mean, high school, you're a kid, right? And you could say you're not, but you're a kid. Um, and I learned, I learned that. And I'll talk a little bit about when we get back uh, as to how I got out of that situation and changed my life and moved into a different realm. Um, and uh, when we get back, we'll talk a little bit about that. Again, this is Francis marriage coach 444 no bs we work for my wife and i again own a business www.agrowingspace.com we will be back shortly thank you a little birdie told me voice america is on x at Voice America TRN. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Welcome back to Marriage Coach 444 No BS with Francis Pekka. We hope you are enjoying and learning from today's dynamic episode. Now back to the show with Francis. All right, we're back with Marriage Coach 444 with Francis Pekka. No BS and um, want to continue a little bit about myself and why I believe my marriage coaching uh, can really change your life. I really believe it can change your marriage I believe it can change your life. Um, if you have a wonderful marriage and you're connected, it will bleed onto your family, your kids, your self-esteem, your spouse's self-esteem or partner self-esteem. Um, I think you're, you can go for your dreams. You can feel connected. You can have the life you want. Um, and, but it's going to take being tough, being strong, um, understanding that the world's not all perfect, but understanding that good and kindness wins. But you have to be strong in the delivery. And that's some of the things that we're going to talk about as we progress throughout our episodes. Um, but I was talking a little bit about my high school experience. And um, before I even go there, and I'll go there in a minute, I want to talk a little bit about when I was in second grade. And I kind of learned a little bit about life. You know, I grew up in a life where my mom you know, kind of made it out that everybody was sweet and wonderful. And I learned pretty young that, listen, there's wonderful people in this world. And I mean that. I mean wonderful people in this world. Um, but you know what? I tell people all the time. I mean, if you're going to be a wonderful, special person, you know, key word special, special is not the norm, right? That's why you call it special. So there's a lot of wonderful people, but there's also people that aren't so wonderful. And that's okay. That's, that's the way it goes. If you want to be special, then you can be proud, right? If everybody was special uh, or everybody was, was, was perfect, I mean, I guess that'd be great, but um, it does take work. And if you're willing to put the work in, you can get to that place. But I learned at a young age when I was in second grade, I will never forget, I dropped off at school by the bus, and the bus you know, took our bus to school. And I saw a whole bunch of group of my friends, and they're all hovered in a circle on the ground by the uh, little 
little annex they had. We had this building, and then the second grade had it, our own little building. I don't know why. I guess they needed a second building for the second grade. But anyway, we're sitting there, and you, before you go into school, you have your little playtime before you go in. And I remember there was a bunch of people all in a circle, and I came in there. Hey, what's going on? And they had this big worm and a sticks. And they're sitting there with this worm, and I'm watching people. And I'm literally at this stage, because, again, I'm not kidding you. I know you think you make this stuff up. Like, my whole life, that's all I do. I pay attention to people at a very young age, and it stemmed from my father. And I'm just always paying attention. Why do they do what they do? What's this? It's just what I just, I don't know. It's just the way my brain works. And I'm watching these kids. They're always with nice kids, friends. And they're just slowly killing this worm. And they wouldn't kill it, just stab on it or kill it. It was a slow, let's take this piece of his leg off. Let's do this. And all of them look like they are all hitting the lottery. They, they literally look like they were hitting the lottery. Like, oh, what if we do this? What if we take this part of him off? What if we do this? Cut this? And I was just like, and I didn't have the leadership and strength that I would ever have now anything in life to be able to speak up on any behalf. You know, and now, you know, you, you, you look at life and if you see someone getting hurt, you know, a woman, anyone or any injustice in this world, you, you speak up. You need to be the grown up, the leader. Right. But I was a kid. I didn't know any better. You know, and I didn't want to do any. I was too scared. I just no way. So I'm just watching it. And I remember thinking I'm the only kid here that feels sick. Like, I don't understand the concept of just slaughter this worm in little pieces, little by little. And then, of course, everyone went to school, and I forgot about it. I mean, I was going mean, to sit there and remember it all day forever. We move on, and, you know, thing, you know you're looking for recess, right, and you're in class. But it stuck with me, though. And I thought, well, you know, a lot of people in this world, you know, aren't always going to be doing the right things. And that's, part of the, that's just part of the deal. You know, I've been lucky enough to have plenty of good, meet many, many uh, special people in, in my life. But, but at the same time, <laughs> many aren't. And I, and I learned at a young age that, you know, some people, it's not going to be so simple. And so when I got to high school, I came in naive. Um, I paid attention to everyone, and I knew this, but I was, I was shy, I was innocent, I was sweet, and I got slaughtered. And every single day, I, it was just the same thing. Every day, 30 people, boom, 30 people, boom, 30 people, boom, another day. And it finally got to the point where, you know, and I was a skinny kid. I didn't lift weights. I was skinny as kid. You know, the football team, from, I can't only imagine the size of them compared to me, a little stick man that I was. And I remember they set it up that I was going to fight another kid. And they said, you know, we want to know who the weakest kid in the school is. And that's humiliating, right? And so I was so nervous. And so, you know, the chicken that I was, I, I, I went up to him and I said, you know, this is stupid that they're trying to do this. You know, we shouldn't even have to fight because I don't want to fight the kid because I, I, I guess I was afraid I was going to lose. I don't want to be the, the weakest kid in, in, the, in the school. And so he's like, no, we're, we're going to fucking fight. And I said, uh, okay. So it got to the end of the day, and that was when it was all set up. And here we are. And he just, everyone's looking. I mean, a mass of people looking in the hallway. And he starts unloading on me. And I did used to play sports as a kid, plenty, plenty of sports. I wasn't strong, but I did play sports. And, and, I, and I beat him. But I didn't even know I beat him. I just know, I beat him, now thinking back, but at the moment I just was swinging. I don't know. It was a swing, 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 swing. I went home, and like a coward, but that's okay. I was young. I, I said, Mom, you know, I've had it. This week, this is just brutal this week. I just want to take a day off. I'll be back Monday. But, and she's like, that's all right. And I shouldn't have done that. And I would never do that now. But I was young. And so I came in on Monday. And then they were all, the whole thing was about how I won. And how I kicked this kid's ass. And I was like, oh, I guess I won. But it didn't matter. You know why? Because even in the end of the day that I felt better that I won, it still continued. Continued and continued and continued. So to kind of go on to this story, I'm going to tell you about how I learned the first major lesson in life which is you got to be strong and you can't let people bully you and you have to stand for what's right and you have to be a leader i didn't have it in me i had it in, that's not true i had it in me rocky was always my favorite movie at four at five years old rocky was the movie of my dreams i mean it literally for uh, 1976 i came out watched it in the movies and i mean it, it has resonated with me for the, my entire life and i watched that movie as a kid little kid 
and cried. I watch it now. 51 years old, I still cry. So I had leadership in me. I love the whole toughness and the way Mickey was fighting, pushing Rocky to to, 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 to be the man that he could be. Um, it was always, like, it always resonated with me. I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Still, I think, it's the greatest movie on planet Earth. And I, and I mean that. You might say, oh, he's from Philly. Of course he thinks that. That's a deep movie. There's so much involved in that movie. It's just... It's to me brilliant, and it's way more than than people than some people may may see. But it was in me. It was in me, the uh, leadership skills in my soul, in my heart. But I didn't have the confidence and belief to do anything. So I got bullied and bullied and bullied until one day I went to my friend's house, and we we love basketball, and so we're watching basketball games, and I'm at my buddy's house in high school, and. Uh, and, and, and I don't know what it was to go downstairs, but he basically said, you know, I got to grab a soda or something like that. So I went downstairs to go grab the soda or water. I don't know what it was, just grab some snack or something. And he was upstairs watching the game. And I saw his weight bench. And I viewed myself as weak, but I was like, I wonder what, I'm, what, what could I do? So he had 60, I believe it was 67 pounds the bench press on that on the, on the bench and I got under the bench and I got it up and I put it on my chest and it didn't move 67 pounds did not move and so I push it up and it's just stuck on my chest and then I get that feeling you know that feeling when you're on a roller coaster like oh shit like this isn't good I don't want to be screaming here to you know help me either so I wiggled it off my chest Little by little, inch by little, was able to get it onto my stomach, which, you know, your stomach's not as tight as your chest cavity. And then I was like, I'm going to basically rip my stomach in half. Got it off, uh, somehow got it off there, got it to my hips. And I don't know how, but I got it off me. I don't know how, but I just somehow was able to get this weight off of me. And then I was somehow able to just get the weight back on, 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 the, on, the, uh, on the holder. And I ran back up, and I don't know, he didn't even think anything of it. You know, I don't know, why am I down there for five minutes? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Kids don't care. So you go out, watch the game. And I came home, and I said to myself, I am officially weak. Like, I'm weak. Like, like that's it. Like, let's document this. It was the first time I was like that on myself, critical. Because in the past, you know, I'm used to my mom, and, you know, she was a wonderful, wonderful mother. But, she, you know, you could do anything wrong. You can get 100 failing grades and she, oh it's okay she meant well wonderful soul but you know she didn't wasn't tough and so my dad was tough but he he let my mom kind of run the show and so I learned the principles on, on from that perspective but this was the first time I said no, I'm 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 weak I'm officially weak and so I told my dad and he went to a flea market because I didn't grow up with a lot of money and my dad bought a weight bench for me and he put it in the basement and speaking of Rocky, I would play Rocky and the whole nine yards, and I, I made a pact to myself. I said, I am going to lift, and I started at 57 pounds. So I wasn't too far off. I guess that's why I was able to get it off my hips, because he had 67 pounds, and I was able to do three sets of 10 at 57 pounds. So, I mean, I guess I was close, but certainly wasn't able to do it in that moment at 67 pounds. And I said, I am going to lift three. I was going to do all different sorts of workouts and dumbbells and everything like that. But regarding the bench press, I am going to lift 57 pounds, three sets of 10 every other day. And when I do it five times, which would be 10 days, I am going to move up five pounds. So three sets of 10. And then along with all my other workout, two days later, do it again. Two days later, do it again, 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 after five times. Then two days later, we go up five pounds. So we go from 57 to 62. And I'm just going to do this and not stop. I'm just going to keep doing it. Stick man that I was, this is going to keep doing it. And I did it, and I got to 62. And then 67. Then 72. Then 77. Then 82. Now somewhere along that line, I don't know, Maybe 77, 82. I, I, I thought to myself, it's working. I'm still <laughs> getting bullied. I'm still skinny. Still not really that strong. But, but I'm making progress, and I'm not stopping. Like, I'm not stopping. Like, I'm not stopping. Like, I don't have an option to stop. Because I will never change my life if I don't stop. 
and I literally thought this in, in high school. Like, this is that monumental change. Like, I don't have a choice. I do not have a choice. So I just kept going. 82, 87, 92, 97, 102. I can't believe it. I can lift 100 pounds. 107. And I just kept going, kept going, kept going. Well, anyway, high school finished. The school went co-ed for the last two years. Didn't get picked on in high school for the last two years. The first two. Second, once the girls, women came in, girls, whatever, um, didn't matter. Like, they, it, they all tried to act like, you know, there's a different, different deal. Either they grew up and became better people or they didn't want to look like a fool in front of the girls. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I, I just kept lifting. Kept lifting, kept lifting, kept lifting, kept lifting, kept lifting. And years went by. Went through college. Did fantastic college. Got myself a great corporate job. Very proud of myself. Got my confidence going. You know, things were working, you know was able to date, everything. Like, my life was different as the years went on. And I kept with the lifting. And I was able to bench press. And, and, and you know, this is not trying to say there's anything super special. But I was able to bench press one time just close to 300 pounds. But that's, you know, you might think that's, well, that's not that much. It's pretty damn good when you could lift 57 pounds. You know, maybe a one-timer, maybe I could have done 62 to go to close to 300. So life changed. And I, I'll never forget, I went to a bar. And I remember I went with a few of my friends, and I was just meeting a new girl that wasn't my girlfriend just yet, and I was all excited, but she wasn't there that day. I don't know, it's just some th- something to go to. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go out for, for an hour or two and just just talk. And one of the people, one of the kids there, obviously a grown-up now, was the, that used to bully me was there. And I looked at him. And he looked at me, and he was in shock because I didn't look the same. And he's like, holy shit, you, you, you lifting weights? Where, how have you been? What are you doing in life? And so I told him, you know, I have a good job. I graduated from Penn State University. It was a wonderful, wonderful experience. I work for here, I do this. And he's like, holy hell, you're like big. I didn't think I was that big. But, you know, compared to, I guess, in his mind what I look like. And he was, I could just see the whole time, like, I, I cannot believe I'm talking to you. Like, I could tell the face because I read people and, I, and I, I knew it. And, you know, instead of being a jerk and angry and jaded and, you know, oh, look at me now. No way. No way. No way. I was nice. I was polite. I was cool. Shook his hand. Smiled. Laughed. Normal. Hey, great to see you. Went back to my friends. Very simple. If anyone else saw it, you'd be like, that's yeah, pretty boring. This is a normal exchange. Oh, you haven't seen him in a while. But it was a monumental moment for me. The monumental moment for me. It said, if you put the work in, if you make a determination that you're going to get something done, and you bust your ass, and you just keep doing it, and you fail and get back up, and fail and get back up, and just keep going, that you will get your day of validation. You'll get what you want. And that told me that day that I will never be bullied again. That I I cannot allow myself to be bullied. I mean, you know, everyone might for a minute or something here or there, you know. But I mean, you know, my general premise that you you have to stand for what you believe in. Be the best person you can be. Be kind. Don't be rude to people. But but certainly stand for strength and goodness. And I learned it. That day was the day that I learned that there's a formula. And it might be a formula that many people know. But it's the formula that I know for me. And when other people install it in their lives, makes all the change, along with many other principles. But that's one that I learned in my life. Again, we're going to take another break. I'm just going to finish up on myself. And I talked about maybe our first principle today. Um, I am Francis Peka, marriage coach 444, no BS. Again, work for a growing space. My wife and I own a company, www.agrowingspace.com. We'll be back shortly. Thank you. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Welcome back to Marriage Coach 444 No BS with Francis Paca. We hope you are enjoying and learning from today's dynamic episode. Now back to the show with Francis. Hi, we're back with Marriage Coach 444 No BS with Francis Paca. That's myself. Uh, I appreciate today's first session or episode and uh, really excited about teaching principles that I've learned in my life that I believe will change your life. I really believe that, but of course, again... What works for one doesn't always work for another, but I believe really in what I do. Um, I, I feel it's it's special. I, I feel that I am l- lucky and privileged to be able to help people. Um, it, it matters to me, and and I'm not just saying that. And you know, and when I when I talk about my life, uh, obviously there's emotions that I I feel as I talk through it, and it may at times think, well, you sound tough or angry. No, no, I think that. It's important to be strong. It's important to be tough. I think it's important in life, but I will assure you as we talk through a lot of things, a lot of the uh, items that we'll talk about, you know, there's, it, it completely can switch to a soft side, a, a side of uh, where I may, may, may have tears in the session. That's okay. Um, I believe that, that emotions matter. And I believe that you have to feel and, uh, and you have to remember your life and, and dig into your life. And, and what is, you know, you got to know your life. You got to know who you are, right? How can you know where you're going if you don't know where you came from? So to me, when I say this story, I mean, I'm not, I'm talking into a microphone, but I'm, I'm just living it. I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm experiencing this again as I talk through this, um, almost as if I'm just thinking it. Um, and so, you know, it, it's really Im- impactful to me to know where I came from, and I and I encourage everyone to to do the same. You know, where did you come from? What were the pains that you've experienced? You know, pe- you think people don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to know. It's not their problem. You know, that that whole world I think is is bullshit. Um, I don't think that that's true. I think that you know what, there are people that do want to hear it, and there's people that don't. Of course, there's people that don't. But I would encourage you to think about things uh, in your life. Now, obviously, if you can't, it's going to traumatize you. Then that's a different story. And so I don't want to get into that lane. But I will tell you that I believe that, in my own opinion, if you're equipped to do so, knowing your life, um, I think matters um, to, to the people that can handle that. I, I, I know it certainly works for me to be able to uh, know what my life entails. Uh, and why I got to where I am and why I am the human being that I am today and why it all matters, whether it be mistakes or successes. Um, so, you know, that, that whole weightlifting story was a big deal for me. Um, you know, one thing I want to talk about today uh, a little bit more, and then I'll finish up on me and kind of talk about the first principle. But I, I want to just move on to how I have moved from from Philadelphia to Arizona. And I, I always wanted to live in a warm weather city. It's, just, it's embedded in me. I loved Philadelphia. I learned so much from that city. Um, so I can't even imagine if I didn't have that opportunity um, in, in my life. But but I always wanted to live to a, with, in a warm weather city. And uh, I want to talk about another, another thing that really changed me to learn another principle. And uh, that's the principle of absolute, I call it. Um, so I, I, in, when September 11th happened in our country, um, 2001, it, it was devastating. And, and I remember it, and I, and I worked in Philadelphia, and, and the whole world was shocked and, and horrified. And, and, um, 
And then in November, one of our friends that had moved to San Diego um, was talking about how wonderful San Diego is and how, how amazing it is and Philadelphia's cold and, and, and it's great. But, wow, if you saw San Diego, you'd love it. And so, you know, at that time, nobody was flying. Um, well, I don't want to say no one was flying, but, you know, the people were obviously apprehensive to fly. And a friend of mine, one of my friends said, yeah, we're all going to go visit our buddy. And, um, you know, I was like, all right, I could go, I guess. Let me, what's the price? And it was $179, I remember, round trip to go from Philadelphia to San Diego. So sure, I'll go. I had a good job, good career. Did well and it was doing well in my life. And so I, I, um, I said, all right, we'll go. So I went, went to San Diego and we had the best time. Uh, it was just like, you got to be kidding me. Bunch of Philly guys moving, go, moving, not moving, but going to San Diego and hanging out, going out. It was like, wow, this is like living the dream. Oh, we're going to go check out the beach. You're going to go out to this place. This, it was just, it was, it was pretty cool. And I l- remember thinking, wow, there, there's another world out there. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I mean I, I've been to warm weather places, but not at that stage where I was with my friends and just like, I just was, I was in awe. And I remember thinking, I can't believe how beautiful this place is. And I need to w- go to a warm weather city, period. And maybe San Diego. But if not San Diego, somewhere, somewhere beautiful and warm. And so I came back from the trip. And I remember, and I was always proud of stereos. I love music. And I remember having my music on. And I got out of the airport driving home. And it was freezing cold and, and uh, pretty dreary. And uh, I remember thinking, wow, like, I, I want this. Like, I want to move to a warm weather city. So this isn't the end of 2001, November. And I... And I said, I made a pact that someday I'm moving to a warm weather city. And let's get, let's, 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 let's do this at some point here. And I was all open to it. And um, I was all open to it. And so, you know, you'd have headhunters call and always giving you opportunities in your corporate career and as you're moving up. And, hey, there's opportunities in this city, that city. And so sometimes it would come up, California or somewhere warm. And, and so I'd be all excited and inquisitive. Oh, what about this? What about that? But you know what the truth of the matter is? I didn't have the guts to do it. I didn't. I didn't have the guts to do it. So I would, I would be inquisitive about it. Wow. And I ask all these questions as if, yeah, let's put that on the shelf. Maybe that'll be a good opportunity at some point. So I'd always talk about how I'm going to move. But every time an opportunity would kind of show up, not a full opportunity, but maybe something I can play with, figure out, you know, dig in a little more. I never did it. So it's like, yeah, you know, in 2005 now, or no, I'm sorry, 2002 now, 2002, hey, you know, I might move to Warren Brothers. Nah, never happened. Opportunities, optimistic. Yep, someday I'm going to move to Warren Weather City. Didn't happen. 2003, I'm going to move to Warren Weather City at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Huh? What about that company? What about this? What about this? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. But in the back of my mind, it's like, nah, you're not doing it. But, you know, yeah, sure, let's say we're going to do it. Let's pretend we're going to do it. Let's, let's feel it like, hey, but let's not actually do it. You don't know, tell yourself that, but that's what's really going on because you, you didn't make it happen. Now 2004 comes, same thing. Yep, absolutely. Nah. Then I got to 2005, and I, I got to the point where I'm like, I want this, and this is it'll never happen. This is going to be the whole thing about going for your dream and never doing it, but talking about it, pretending it's real, but it's not real. And so I said, I'm going to do something a little different this time, something I've never done, literally never done. I've never done this. Not like this. I said to everyone in the office, I am going to move to a warm weather city in 2005, period. Just so everyone knows, I will not be here in the end of 2000. I am going to move to a warm weather city in 2005. Now, this was a route, I want to say, I don't know. I don't know if it was May or June, but right in that realm, probably around June, because I flew down in June. And I, and I talked to a guy there, and, I, and, and he said, oh, it's great. And, he, and they had an opportunity in Arizona. He says, but there's no jobs right now. There's no jobs. But there's going to be shortly. And I said, but I can't interview and pay for the interview because there's no job. And I said, well, what if I pay for it? And so I'll, I'll come down. And, he, and I went down and met him. And he, he's like, you're great. 
He's like, I'll hire you instantly, and there's going to be jobs, so just hold tight. We'll get you out here. And I was like, okay. So I, I told everyone, I'm moving. I'm moving, I'm moving, I'm moving. If this job don't happen, I'm moving. And people would question me, because that's what I, I believe a lot of times when you say you're going for your dreams, and you're doing something, and you're just doing it, period, and there's no stop, and, and I'm going, people, even people that care for you and want what's best for you, I, I believe there's a fear, like, well, if you're going for your dreams, I'm not. So it's a little easier if you don't, too. You know, a little bit of company, even though they're not bad people. Oh, do you, what, what, what if you don't really get the right job? But what if they don't pay you what you thought? What if this? Well, what if you don't have a job? What if you, it's just with nonstop, always the what ifs, why can'ts. Well, what if this happens? Maybe you can't. Maybe it's not right. How do you know? Maybe you should wait. Everything. Every, I don't think you're really going to go. I got that one. Oh, yeah, I don't really think you're going to do it. I mean, everything to put doubt in my mind. And, and, and again, they meant well. But And I would come in like a robot and say, I will be moving to a warm weather city in 2005, period. There are, I don't have a choice. Of course you have a choice. I don't have a choice. I need this. I'm doing it. It's happening. So as the summer went on, I kept calling this guy. And I said, you know, okay, um, is the opportunity there? Not yet. Not yet. But, but it's coming. Okay. We're in July interviewed everything went great okay july late july because i'm not stopping what about this opportunity absolutely just not yet get to august absolutely not yet Um, i'm running out of time i made it clear i'm going to move in 2005 so i can't just hold on to this so then i found another opportunity out there and they told me that you can't go for this job that's what human resources told me you cannot go for this job you're not qualified and i said i'm qualified which makes no sense I said, no, you can't. You, you can't be interviewing, and that's the end of it. So I called the manager. I went around it, and the manager said, you, you can interview for it. You, you're qualified. I don't know what they're talking about. I said, okay. So then just tell them, I said, call me. You can have an interview. So I got the interview. Then I prepared for the interview endlessly. Then I had the phone interviews. Okay. Then I had the in-person interviews. And I moved out the day before New Year's Eve. And I learned another lesson. You have to think and, and act in absolute terms. Absolute terms. You have to go after it and make it happen. And you have to announce it, believe it, and go get it. And that works the same way with marriage. So I just wanted to share with you today on the first session, when you're listening in future episodes, who I am as a, as a human being, uh, what I believe in, and the principles that I teach, whether I'm, you know, I don't want to be overly abrasive, but if I'm a little strong, that's why it's no BS, or all of a sudden I'm a little, you know, sensitive and, and, and something, you know, you know, a little fragile or meaningful to me, and maybe I water up, um, we're here to win. And I have learned throughout my whole life by paying attention to all the decisions I've made and the outcomes, good and bad. And I've done this with every single person. That's just what I do. I can't, I can't do directions. I'm not great with uh, a lot of technical things. If you told me to, uh, you know, help with you know, someone's kid to put, you know, together, uh, I don't know, a, a, a plastic horse or something. I mean, the head would be on the ass. And I don't, and I'm not kidding. Like the, the head would be on the ass. I, I, I cannot, I'm not built that way. But what I'm built is to pay attention to life, mannerisms, what they're really saying, why they're doing what they're doing. What were the outcomes? What were the probabilities? That's, all I've just, that's just the way my brain works. And so I feel that as we move on, I'm going to talk about principles, principles that I believe will change your life. And we're going to do that in future sessions. But I know we're running a little low on time, so I'm going to get to the first one just to give you, you know, a, kind of an introduction as to what I believe. I believe in old school principles. I believe that the old school principles work. And uh, I believe that if you put them into today's society, in today's world, you can make it happen. And the first thing I'm going to mention, and we'll talk much more about this in the future, is principle number one. And I'm not always going to number them. They're just going to be principles or ideas or concepts that we're going to implement and we're going to change our life. But the first thing I want you to know is you have to, to give a shit. And I mean that honestly, kindly. I'm not trying to, you know, overboard here. You have to care. You have to care. You got to care. 
we live in a world where people don't care. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. Nothing matters, right? And I'm not, again, this isn't everybody. I don't want to put a blanket on everyone. There's all kinds of people. We live in, I mean, this, this world has nine, was it, nine billion people? But you got to care. If you want the marriage of your dreams, you got to care. I don't care what she's doing. I don't care what he's doing. It doesn't really matter. It's fine. It's not fine. Don't accept mediocrity. Anybody that's ever accomplished anything in this world has done it through caring. Okay? You don't put a man on the moon like, ah, you know, maybe. Maybe the man on the moon come. I don't know. Yeah. Why not? Why not means not. Why not means not. How about yes, period, done. I care. We're making it happen. You got to care. Okay, you got to care, and you got to care about the small circle of people that matter in your life. So if you're caring about everything, you're kind of caring about nothing, right? Because you're spreading it thin. If you care so much about 50 things, you're going to wear out, and you're not really going to be able to put the massive energy into the things that really matter that will give you the dream and the life you want. So the reality is you can work really hard in your job for 10 years and have a good career, and that's fantastic. Okay, but if all of a sudden you're working hard in your marriage for the first three and then you start getting weak, year four, year five, year six, and you don't really, you care, you love the person, but you're not putting the work in like you do it in your career or you're working out your body or whatever it is you're doing, you're putting the energy and you're getting results, but you're not going to get energy in your marriage unless you make it the number one priority. You got to care. And we're going to talk in future sessions about this in much more depth. I'll start with that on the next one about what you, how to get yourself to a point to where you care and you start doing the things you need to do. I believe that if you go for your dreams, you can be a sensitive, kind, loving, warm, wonderful person who's tough and strong, who goes after what they want and gets it. And that's what we're going to do together, and I will do that. Um, feel free to uh, email if you have any questions. I can bring those up in future sessions at coaching at a growing space.com. Certainly you can do that again, coaching at a growing space.com. Um, you can reach me at six, two, three, two, zero, two, four, five, five, three. And you can, uh, we are a growing space, www.agrowingspace.com. And we, I am looking forward to our future sessions where we can really go after our dreams. Again, you can follow on Instagram at no BS marriage coach. And I am very happy to be a part of this and help you and help myself and help us all get the marriage of our dreams. Thank you so much for your first session. We'll talk about principles moving forward and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thanks for tuning in to Marriage Coach 444 No BS with Francis Pekka. We hope today's episode has been inspiring to help you work toward achieving your dream life. Let change begin now. Until we talk again, have a wonderful No BS week.